Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott, that's Tom Fernelli, that's Danny Cannell, I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe, smash that like, come join us in the chat. It's the best time of the week, 11 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday. We gather together, we bring you our locks for the week ahead in college football. Week six on deck. But first, we got to take a quick look back, as we always do, at week five. Tom, for Nelly, a four and five week for you, the wins included. <laughs> I mean, the, the most glorious continuation of the best trend in all of college football as the under in Air Force Navy, under 37 and a half caches. Uh, we had missed field goals. We had turnovers on downs. I mean, we had everything that we needed to build on top of uh, the thematic reasons to be there. Also, the under 54 in Kentucky Ole Miss is a winner. Also, the Central Michigan Toledo under 56 and a half. I believe that was windy. Uh, also, the Kansas plus three is a winner. The losses, San Diego State plus six and a half. Uh, I believe that was against Boise State. Texas Tech, Kansas State under 57 and a half. Northern Illinois Ball State under 59 and a half. The Iowa plus 11 against Michigan and the San Jose State, Wyoming under 42 and a half. It may have been windy in Laramie, but there were too many daggum points. So four and five for the week brings you to 19 and 25 for the season. You picked up a lock fight win uh, against Bud, and you had lock agreement win with Bud. So, you know, a little bit of love and hate in the uh, Bud-Tom relationship right there. Lock agreement loss on Iowa, lock agreement loss on San Diego State. Notes, thoughts on the week that was? I didn't, uh, I didn't hate. Too much, anything. I didn't really feel terrible about any of the picks. San Diego State went sideways when they were reduced to their third string quarterback in that game, and that just destroyed that play. They started off 13 to nothing and then just got crushed from that point on. Uh, the San Jose State Wyoming game was three to two early in the second quarter, and it ended up going well past the 42 and a half. That was just, that was insane. The only pick I really am mad about that I made, because it was mostly. 
just kind of history based and just kind of like a, this is what I think will happen a little too reactionary to what I saw against Michigan against Maryland, but taking Iowa plus 11, just you know, that was, that was a nightmare trying to rely on Iowa to move the ball and score points. I mean, they, they, they made it look a lot better in the fourth quarter than it was, but that was never actually close to happening. Yeah. The backdoor potential in the fourth quarter was a, uh... Interesting, because you could never trust that they were going to be able to do it, but that was where they started to find their points. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a five and four week. The wins included the UTSA Middle Tennessee over 62 and a half, the over 60 and a half in Arkansas, Alabama. Woo, I'll take it. Uh, the over 42 in Clemson and NC State. Also, I'll take it. Uh, the under 42 and a half in Michigan, Iowa. Iowa made that sweaty. Duke minus two and a half. That one was never in doubt. Losses, Oklahoma State, Baylor under 56 and a half. Also took a lock fight loss to Danny with Baylor minus two. Unfortunately, Queen Latifah uh, did not cash for us as Jameer Gibbs broke off two long fourth quarter touchdown runs. Arkansas plus 17 and a half does not win, but Latifah did sing with our Clemson NC State over that along with Danny and Bud uh, also lost on the Georgia minus 28. We don't need to detail that that was uh, never close to cashing five and four for the week leaves me 27 and 17 on the season. Danny four and six on the week. Uh, Listen, Two and one in lock fights. Danny was feeling aggressive. Danny was scrapping. He wanted to see some blood on the table. Picked up a lock fight win against Bud. You were on UCLA. I mentioned you pick up the lock fight win against me uh, with Oklahoma State. Lock fight loss, though, on the Oklahoma TCU under. That thing soared over, I don't know, maybe in the second quarter alone, it looked like, with the way that TCU was moving the ball. The rest of the wins included, um, let's see, we mentioned the Latifa with Clemson NC State. Also, the Purdue plus 12 and a half. Purdue gets that outright win against Minnesota. Other losses, Florida State minus six and a half. Iowa plus 11. The... And the U and the New Mexico UNLV under 42 and a half and the San Diego State plus six and a half. Danny, four and six on the week, 23 and 25 on the season. Uh, what are the big takeaways? Uh, it's unacceptable. The last two weeks have been a little bit of a train wreck, but you know, I've been putting in some extra film work, extra study. I'm ready to turn it around right now. This is where you got to dig deep. No, hey, this is this is the curse of arrogance right here, okay? Because yeah. we came out here and we were like, we're up 20 units after three weeks. Nobody can touch us. And we have given back all 20 of those units as a syndicate. We are now 0.4 units uh, above. So this is time to really dig deep and, and start to get back deeper into the winning side. But it was a six and six week for you. The wins were UTSA Middle Tennessee over the uh, Kentucky Ole Miss under. You got the Unity win with Clemson NC State. You get the lock fight win with the Oklahoma TCU under over. Excuse me, the Auburn team total under nineteen. Whoa, boy, they got out to uh, nearly hit it in the first half and then didn't score in the second half, but that's just how Brian Harson does things. Nebraska minus four and a half, also a win. Kent State minus 11 does not cash. Wake FSU over does not cash. Georgia minus 28 does not cash. And the Washington and Arkansas games, those we mentioned, six and six on the week has you 37 and 29 for the season. Uh, what's on the notebook coming out of last week? Yeah, so I losing the lock fight to Danny. Uh, with with Washington minus two and a half, that, that was clearly the wrong side. Uh, UCLA's D line impressed me a lot, so we kind of had to adjust them up a little bit. Um, I didn't expect the FSU's offensive line to just get crushed like they did. 
they, they just couldn't handle Wake Forest D-line. So that was kind of killing the uh, the over there for me. Uh, got pretty lucky with the Auburn one, but I still think Iowa State minus three was the correct side in that game. I mean, they, they outgained Kansas by a significant margin. They just went 0-3 on field goals, right? So I'd probably fire that one again. Um, six and six kind of feels about right for the performance, I would say, overall. All right. Oh, Kent State had 750 yards of offense. Yes. Called for not nine holding penalties, which is was that game on TV? Like, why are these refs trying to get on TV so much on a game that's probably on just on 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 ESPN Plus? Hidden yards, baby. Hidden yards. That's that's where we see it right there. Uh, all right, that's it. Week five behind us. Eyes ahead on week six. Time to get into it, gentlemen. Y'all ready to lock it up? Let's go. Since 2005, the under the games between service academies is 40 9 and 1. You made over in this one as well. A little two for one special. I was sicker last week than watching two games. I was live betting the hell out of ULN. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. these locks. Well, as we always do, we want to make sure that we hit the uh, Friday night action and the big games before the break. So we begin on Friday night. Got a couple games on deck. Nebraska Rutgers, Houston, Memphis, Colorado State, Nevada, and UNLV San Jose State. Uh, Danny, we're going to be in studio, CBS Sports Network. Not tomorrow night, Saturday all day. Saturday is the day this week. One a little bit different this week. Yeah, travel day tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the the Friday night mothership like two thirty. I am not lying. I swear to you guys. I got home. I got back to the room at about two forty seven, and my flight. You know, my pickup was at five thirty. I'm still recovering. I don't know if it's a sign of how old I am or. Just how the valuable sleep can be. I didn't get any, and I'm still paying for it. So yes, very relieved not to be in studio that late this week. Yeah, that so that will twenty three and able to sleep until noon. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Anybody got anything from those four games on Friday night? I've got one play, mm-hmm. and oh, you know what? I don't even know if the line has moved since this morning a little bit. Uh, well, no, nah, screw it. It's on the card. I'm going to keep it on the card, although I can no longer get it at plus three. I'm going to take Houston plus two and a half at Memphis. I know Houston has been a disappointment this season. I don't think it's a terrible team. I still think it's better than Memphis, and I think going on the road on a Friday night I know is difficult, but Memphis is a team I've seen a few times now, and honestly, I'm just not that impressed by it. It's not that it's bad. It just seems to be, at least to the standards of Memphis teams we're used to seeing in recent years, Seems kind of averageish to me. I think Houston is due to come up, and I think you know, Chip. We talked about this yesterday on the Early Edge show that we did. I feel like this is a good week to kind of start buying back on the early season reactions and the narratives, and just you know what's going on with some teams that have maybe seen their stock rise and some teams that have seen their stock fall. I think Houston is one of those teams. I think getting two and a half on the road, I kind of like the money line here, but I'm more comfortable with the spread. I loved it at three. I'll still lock it up at Houston plus two and a half. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned on that show, like targeting some of the teams with little numbers beside them, you know, trying to find the teams that everyone's bailing on. Just four and one teams that you just don't think are fantastic. Might be a little bit of value there. There's been very little in the gauntlet that is Temple, North Texas, Arkansas State, and Navy 
that uh, that might lead you to believe that this is necessarily a championship contender. Uh, no hate from me there, though, not joining myself. Uh, anything else before we flip the page to Saturday? No, a little, little bit light. And uh, and honestly, like, you and LV Sanders. Are, a little nervous. A little well, tentative here. I am. I'm starting. I just want to hit some check downs. I just want to hit some check downs and just get some completions, <laughs> get my confidence back. So I'm, I'm waiting, holding off. Discipline you know, San Jose State is a fantastic first game down, <laughs> that I I'm just gonna have to DVR and watch later, and I don't I, I don't want to like lock it up and then invest it. That's a that's a that's a Danny Cannell sleep is valuable like self care <laughs> move right there for me. All right, yep. noon slate massive game in Baton Rouge as number eight Tennessee travels to take on LSU. The Vols are three point favorites in the game. Anybody got a play? And if if we don't have any plays across the board. Definitely want to at least give a thought here because this is a this is a game that even in the offseason, I think we talked about. We we're like, oh man, are you kidding me? Like Tennessee's gonna be favored at LSU. Like, give me LSU, give me LSU. I'm only speaking for myself. Tennessee has exceeded my expectations. We talked about it on Wednesday. It is the one of the win total plays that I am uh, clear clearly saying goodbye to. I was way off on that prediction. But do you think that in a, a tough road spot, the Vols are ready for this moment? Anyone got a lock in the game? I do. Okay. I'm going to take LSU under 31 and a half points team total in this one. Uh, I do trust Tennessee to score, uh, but I really do not trust LSU's passing game. They, they got the win last week, and in that game, and I'm happy they got the win. I, I'm on LSU over six wins for the season, and I think they'll get there. But LSU was not the better team in that game than Auburn, right? Auburn kind of gave them the game somewhat with, with, with those turnovers. LSU's passing game continues to look poor. Uh, I think this game they will try to play a slower-paced game. I have some concerns about Jaden Daniels' health. I don't really know if he's – like he's been – he looked kind of kind of limpy uh, against Auburn. And him running around has been largely their offense. With John Emery getting healthier, I think maybe they'll play a little slower-paced game. But I, I think they can – they'll score something in the 20s, not the 30s. So what was the total you got it at? Uh, 31 and a half on DraftKings. Cool. I'm going to take the Vols. All right. I'm going to lay it three before it goes. It was a three and a half yesterday, wasn't it? Or pre- relatively There's two recently? and a half out there, man. Oh. Two and a half out there, yeah. <laughs> Give me you got a couple that then. Oh, it's good news. It's starting already. <laughs> I don't think anybody's slowing down this offense. Um, leading the country in yards per game. I love Hendon Hooker. Um, I I still like his chances to win the Heisman. I still think this is this year's version of Ole Miss, which last year was a team that got to 10 wins. You know, if they just got a little bit better defensively, they've been a little bit better defensively, coming off a bye week to get healthy, playing at noon as opposed to prime time in Tiger Stadium, I think is a huge edge. Tennessee already likes to start out you know, fast. We've talked about that one, and I was tempted to take that first quarter, you know, over – Tennessee's number, but I'll just go ahead and take Tennessee in the game. I think they win this one, and I think it's I, I actually was worried about the three. I think they win it comfortably over that number. They're already 2-0 against the spread on the road uh, with Josh, uh, Josh Heupel as the head coach. So I'm going to go ahead and take that and uh, lay those points. Yeah, I don't have it to play on this, but Hendon Hooker is my just sort of like blind motivation there. I would take uh, Tennessee over LSU because you're trusting Jaden Daniels or Hendon Hooker. I, I take Hooker with that one every single time. Uh, also, think, go ahead. oh no! Just I was looking at my notes from preseason. Like 
with with banks going down for for LSU, I had my notes preseason like safety's good, corners thin. Like, are you, are, you, are you worried about about LSU not having good corner depth here? Because Tennessee certainly will spread you out. Absolutely, it's definitely. I mean, I, and Heupel's going to find the weakness and he's going to exploit it too. Also in the noon slate, believe oh, you were talking about Tennessee's defense, right? No, you're talking about okay. seven banks going down. No, LSU okay, yeah, 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 yeah. banks with, with the yeah, yeah. final bruiser. And that would only embolden Danny's pick of Tennessee more. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, believe in Kansas. Number 17 TCU at number 19 Kansas. I don't know if there's any sevens left on the board. Might be uh might be looking at a six and a half over under around 68 and a half. Um, who's got a play? in the biggest game in the Big 12, because there's definitely not any other games in the Big 12 deserving of any attention in the noon slate, TCU at Kansas, who's got to play? There are sevens left on the board. Are you going to take one of them? Yes. No, give me Kansas plus seven. This is a game, I mean, I've been riding the Jayhawks all season. I am going to ride them until they throw me off. They've been too good to me. I have to return the favor and keep taking the Jayhawks. I do think that TCU is more than likely going to win this game. They're seven-point favorites for a reason. I also think TCU is the most complete team that Kansas has faced so far this year. And Kansas last week offensively got shut down by an Iowa State defense that really did an excellent job of maintaining its gaps and kind of taking the explosive plays away from that Jayhawks offense. They're one of the few teams that have been able to do it. I don't think TCU will because TCU's offense has been phenomenal. But defensively, you look at the numbers, it's not bad by any stretch of the means, but it's more average than anything. And I think last week, Dylan Gabriel being knocked out of the game kind of, you know, hid how the the overall that defense would have performed had Gabriel played the entire game. I'm guessing TCU would have allowed more points than it did. So I see this as being something of a kind of back and forth old school Big 12 battle, you know, between the powers of the conference, Kansas and TCU, in which both of these offenses, I think we're going to give a little bit of a track meet. So Mm. I think the over is a pretty decent play here as well. But more than anything, I just don't see either one of these teams really pulling for, far away from the other one without multiple turnovers on one side. So I'm going to take Kansas in the seven points. Lock it up. Believe in Kansas. I I love the way that you just described that game. Because while the number is moving, and we got to go ahead and lock this in at the best thing I, I can get, which is what, 67 yesterday? Seeing some 68, 68 and a half right now? 69 and a half. 69 and a half? Nice. Are there is there seriously nothing under 60, 69 left? Oh, there's there's sixty nine for sure. All right, well, or at least as of like two minutes ago. Nice. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Lock it in. Yeah, We're going over the way that you described it is exactly how I see this game playing out. The fundamental flaw uh, in why I am not picking Kansas to win the Big Twelve despite the amazing start is that I do not trust the Jayhawks defensively. Clearly, TCU as one of the most explosive offenses in the entire country, but I am not sold that going up against uh, Jalen Daniels, they're going to be able to get enough stops. I do think that it's going to be a game that uh, if you are holding this over ticket, it might be 10-7 at the end of the first quarter, but then you're just going to get the bang-bang, game gets a little bit loose, gets a little bit sideways, uh, and just both defenses end up huffing and puffing. Offenses continue to score. Anything under 70, I think, is green light go for me. So I'm on the over for TCU in Kansas. Anything. I want to. I want to get on Kansas. I want to root for them, but I'm not going to. Both of these teams have been cover machines. Sonny Dykes, they're both four and a, uh, 
TCU is 4-0 against the spread. Kansas is 5-0 against the spread. Kansas has a better cover margin, but I don't know. I, I'm with you, Tom, in spirit, but I'm using a little bit of that restraint. And I'm hey, actually with Chip, too, but I'm trying to hold back. Is it, somebody in the chat said Discipline Danny is a myth. They know what's <laughs> back by the end of it's this show. back. We're going back two years ago. <laughs> by the way, did you? what's your number on the total? 69. Uh, oh, you're going over? Yeah. I, isn't there a uh, – I see 67 and a half at FanDuel. Well – You guys check that out. You guys see no, if you can find that. That's currently 69 and a half. Okay. But we do have a 69 somewhere, right? Nice? We're good? Nice. Bet online. Yeah, a couple of those. All right. We're, lo- we're locked in there. Um, yeah, it's moving. So go ahead and jump it. Again, I would say anything under 70 is green light go in that case. This is one of the special days of the entire year because – it is an SEC on CBS doubleheader. And not just that noon 3.30. Nah, baby, baby. We're going 3.30 and 8 p.m. That solid middle-of-the-day spot and the primetime window, both both active, both highlighting some of the best teams in the entire country. The 3.30 p.m. Eastern time SEC on CBS window will feature Auburn at number two, Georgia. It is the Deep South's oldest rivalry. They are playing for the 728th time uh, as they meet in (laughs) Athens. And listen, Georgia is heavily favored in the game. They are, what, 30-point favorites over under sitting around 50, 49 and a half. Uh, Anybody going to make a play in this one? Just Chip? Principal? Uh, I mean, Auburn team total under nine and a half. Like I, I sat there and I was crunching this under, you know, both ways. And I was looking at it and I was like, okay, but, but what happens if, you know, Kirby, after all the offensive struggles wants to, you know, get them up and moving, or what if we go in the backups come in, as we saw against South Carolina and even with Carson Beck, they start moving the ball. I can avoid all of that by trusting the one thing about Georgia that you can trust the most which is that this Bulldogs defense, which is only allowing about 10 points per game anyway, that has only given up four touchdowns on the entire season, that the Auburn offense as it stands is below average compared to that average opponent that Georgia has faced this year. And so if the average that Georgia's defense has given up on the year is about 10 points and this Auburn line is around nine and a half, give me the under. No double digits for the Tigers Auburn team total under. Yes. What is that? I wasn't even sure what it was, but I was going to ask you guys. And since you're on it, I'm with you. Let's go. It's the not number. Half, I right? thought you might. I was considering a print. This number's just too big. I mean, it's a conference. It's a rivalry game. We've seen for hundreds of years. Like, how can it be that big? I'm like, why sweat that out? Let's just go team yes. total for Auburn. They're not going to score. Easy. And that and listen, this is a great way to add a lot of intrigue to to this game. Like you, I want you to be dialed into the SEC on CBS. Sweat out an under nine and a half, where even like a fumble, a special teams fumble is gonna bring out the sweats as you hope that we're at least going to be able to hold to a field goal or block it. So let's not mention we all want to be company, company men, but <laughs> The way this played out is not the way the execs did when they saw this unfolding in the preseason. 
Oh, yeah, because of the Texas A&M. You have to make that pick early. It has to be preseason. Yeah. And you used to always be Alabama LSU. You'd lock that one in early, and it'd be just off the charts. This one, we all circled this date because of all the trash talk and everything, and now it comes limping in. But we'll We're, see. Maybe it'll deliver. You. Given their deal, there is no wrong way to play this. Right. right. Like, the, the, the amount – like, given the current price, you, you could run Vandy, South Carolina in the APM slot, and it's still, it's still plus EV. But it, it's also the – like Alabama and Georgia, like Alabama and Georgia against anybody, just bing. You know, the, the bosses are wishing the Big Ten deal was already in place, so that way they could show Iowa, Illinois, and prime time. <laughs> I mean, real rating. Listen, it's not like the Big Ten's got like a an, an amazing like headliner slate. I would argue that the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve this week have like a yes. a more like wealth of options that are really really intriguing. Um, but listen. Let, We'll have uh, we'll have our friend Sherry Burris on the sideline. I was asking earlier. I was like, "So you can hit Brian Harson with the hard questions?" She was like, "I mean, you got to talk about it, right?" So we'll we'll see. Uh, good luck, this, Sherry. Was any in game reporting? Uh, good luck, Sherry. As, as halftime, halftime, they're down twenty eight to three. So have you thought about the phone call you're going to get after the game? <laughs> How's that? Have you been looking for houses in Boulder? Maybe in Tempe. <laughs> The credit card that you have on file in Mexico from May, have they gone ahead and <laughs> reserved another room for Thanksgiving weekend for you and the family? Uh, all right. Also in the 330 slate, I mentioned Pac-12's got a, a lot of really fun games. Uh, among them, number 11, Utah at number 18, UCLA. I, I've kind of got this one circled as a prove-it game just because UCLA finally seemed to answer You know what you know, – are they good? They were beating up on bad teams. Washington comes into town. They were very impressive. Uh, Utah, ever since that Florida loss, has just sort of taken care of business, done what's been asked for, of them. Utah's a three-and-a-half-point road favorite over under around 64-and-a-half. Anyone got a lock on this one? Well, this got bit. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I still have a lock. I'm, t- I'm taking UCLA. All right. I watched that Oregon State game against Utah last week, and, and Utah was the correct side because Oregon State just kept throwing them the ball, and, and Utah moved the ball okay. But uh, but Oregon State also moved the ball almost every drive on Utah. I'm I'm not convinced this Utah defense is our typical Utah defense. I, I think UCLA will have some success uh, moving the ball here. They get the extra day of rest because they played on Friday, if you, if you care about that. But I, I think they're going to be able to score some points against Utah, and I, I'm extremely impressed by UCLA's pass rushers. I think there's some question about you know, UCLA's interior run defense, but they're getting Jay Toya back, it looks like, from reports. And I, I think there is some chance that U, UCLA rather is better along the lines of scrimmage than Utah is here. So go ahead and give me those points. Fight. 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 Buying back on some of that hype. UCLA in a spotlight game on Friday night goes and beats up a Washington team. Everybody was convinced that was suddenly great because they got off to a good start. And now UCLA is great. Washington's defense looked, it was terrible last week. There was no tackling. Everybody was way out of their gaps. Nobody, there was very little effort. Like I tweeted about it during the game. I said, Washington's defenders just kind of look like they are done. They've checked out for this one. They do not care. That's not going to be the case against Utah. And another thing, too, like DTR, I like DTR, but he's very kind of roller coastery from week to week where he has great games. And then the next week he looks kind of, you know, eh. 
And Utah, I don't think, I, I agree with you. I don't think the Utes defense is as good as it has been in recent years, but the pr- pass rush has still been solid. They are one of the top teams in the league or in, in the country in pressure rate. And I have seen enough of DTR to know that when he is pressured, he makes some dumb decisions and he panics sometimes. And I'm thinking there's a pretty good chance that he's going to be under pressure in this game. He's going to make some bad decisions. I trust Cam Rising in the Utah offense more. Give me the Utes minus three and a half. If you recall, uh, who did UCLA try to get to commit to them in the transfer portal this summer? It was Dylan, Dylan Gabriel. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was going for a minute, right? There was like a hot yeah. second where we thought yeah. Dylan Gabriel was going to UCLA. Um, of course, wasn't he like kind of verbal or no? Wasn't he? Or was yeah, he just, just didn't going? enroll in class, right? Yeah. He yeah. was on campus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. Uh, in taking it to the primetime slate first at uh, 7.30 p.m., we have number 16 BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas. This is the Shamrock Series game. Well, Notre Dame will have some cool looking uniforms they did a whole hangover parody video for it yeah it was it was cooler when notre dame was up in the top 10 and we had different feelings about what the fighting irish are going to be but the fighting the irish video was cool the uniform video was cool yeah. <laughs> um the fighting irish are three and a half point favorites over under a 51 anybody got a lock on this one you do but i need i need to figure out the best number here sorry Okay, because I I look at this as, you know, BYU is potentially fraudulent. Yeah, See, but I'm just, I'm not ready to say that yet. Like, I, I don't want to be out here getting roasted, you know, because I'm, I'm not committing to that. But I will say that, that we are putting, we are conducting the fraud test experiment on BYU in this game. We are yeah, going I, to drop them in the beaker. We're going to circle it around and we're going to stick our fraud test stick in. We're going to hold it out. And we're going to wait five minutes and we're going to see if the fraud line is lit up. That's what we'll know by the end of this game. Yeah, I, I think I know what Bud's looking for because if this was three or under, I would probably take Notre Dame, but at three and a half, I'm not locking it up. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take under 23 and a half BYU team total. Cool. The one thing in this game, if you go back and watch that game, to me, I, I was watching that pretty intently. Wait, which game? You got to give a reference. B- Sorry, the BYU Utah State game. There you go. BYU did not look very good. And I, I appreciate you let me know. I need to give, yeah, because I, I should tell the audience what game I'm talking about. <laughs> did Jaron Hall throw a pass beyond the line of scrimmage after he got whacked? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. <laughs> like, like Puka went down late. He looked bad. Like, I'd, I'd be very surprised if Puka plays in this game. He needed assistance off the field. Hall gets hit. The backup's warming up on the sideline, but he comes back into the game. He threw like a couple little screens and stuff and, and handed off. I, they're going to need to prove it to me that he's healthy and, and he's ready to go. And then you are buying on the best unit on the field. You, you are taking yeah. Notre Dame's defense as the one thing that you trust. Uh, so that way you don't have to wait and see whether Notre Dame's out, which Notre Dame offense is going to show up. Um, so I, I definitely can support that. And then, as we mentioned earlier, it is Texas A&M at number one, Alabama. Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, they sowed the seeds of intrigue with their verbal spat back and forth, which, by the way, a, a little bit of fun pregame reading. I don't know how much they're going to like go into it on the broadcast. I, I went back and, and looked at all the quotes. It was spicy. And I think that you could, you can find yourself, as Alabama sits as a 24-point favorite in the game, 
you can find yourself getting a little bit of fired up to see what ends up happening as Saban and Jimbo square off for the first time since then. They tried to squash the beef. They tried to cool it down probably because Greg Sankey hit him with that public reprimand and told him to chill out. But I I would like to see some, some evidence on the field with the coaching decisions that says that these two are still feeling the burn of the offseason. So anybody got a lock? Anyone want to make a play on this as we... And, and if if no, then I, I would love to hear what everyone's prediction is for Bryce Young. Yeah, do we think he's playing? I think he's playing. I don't know that for sure, but I expect him to play. Did Nick Saban tell you? Yes. Nick <laughs> called me last night. He said, Tom, all right. He's going to play, right? You saw his rant, right, when he went off? Yes. Because the reporter asked him, and he was like, what do you think, I'm going to call Jimbo? You know, all angry. <laughs> He was actually he he meant to call Jimbo, but he accidentally called me because he did call me Jimbo <laughs> at first. I I think he probably plays. I think it impacts the play calling. I think it probably impacts the game plan. But isn't he going through practice this week? They're not telling. I don't know. I you mean, have a losable game next week, though. I think that's the intrigue. Like you have to go on the road to Tennessee. Yeah, but I think Nick's going to look at this game as losable, too, because I think that's just how he's wired. I don't think there is, in Saban's mind, a game in which his team can't, you know, like he's so we have to destroy everything in our path kind of dude where it's just I don't think he's going to take Texas A&M lightly. And I do think that because of what happened in the offseason, especially, he's not going to be like taking this one for granted because they did lose to him last year. Ah, screw it. Sure. Give me Bama. Yes. <laughs> I can find you 23 and a half. Perfect. Give it to me. I think it's boiling. I think if you needed any added motivation, you've got it. I think even if if uh, Jalen Milrow plays, I think that'll kind of dial everybody, get him even more attuned. We saw what he can do to his legs. I think they'll craft an offense around him. The defense, I think, will have no problem shutting down Texas A&M's offense. And if there's a chance to go for a couple extra in the last, in the second half, I think they go ahead and take those shots down the field. I don't know if it'll be a fake punt like Ohio State was going to do, but I think there might be some shots late. Go ahead. Give me the tide. Did you guys see Jimbo's buyout numbers? Yes. Well, I mean, it's fully guaranteed, right? It was yeah, the MCS buyout left. numbers? Like, do they check those before they sign that deal? <laughs> Connor O'Gara broke it down at Saturday Down South, but here they are by year. 2022, 85.9 million. 2023, 76.8 million. 2024, 67.5 million. 2025, 58.2. 2026, 48.7. 2027, 39.2. 2028, 29.5. 2029, 19.8. For reference, remember when Notre Dame got made fun of for the $19 million Charlie Weiss buyout? That is now 2029 for Jimbo's deal as far as the buyout. And then 2030, it's not, it's 10 million before it's nothing in 2031. <laughs> so, like geez. we say that fully guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully we guaranteed. Say buyout numbers aren't real, but I think that that one might be real. Like, and here's the other thing, too. There is somebody who cares about Texas A&M who will pay, who will bite the $77 million bullet next year if Texas A&M is going eight and four. You know that person exists. Is there a clause? They should have had a clause in there if you're not top 25 in total offense or something that you have to bring in an offensive coordinator. Because if they did that and brought in a young offensive mind, I think Texas A&M could be really dangerous. Jimbo would never sign that. When's the last time no. he's even been close to top twenty-five in total offense? Like, like right. I, I don't. If I'm Jimbo's agent, I don't let him sign something that says you have to be top sixty in total offense. Like that, <laughs> his units without Jameis are routinely like 
bottom 80 in total offense. They're yeah. they're nowhere close to top 25. I don't know if I should, you know, microphone this one, but David Gregg in the chat. Someone said it was cheaper to hire a hitman than to buy him out. <laughs> Somebody said that on Feinbaum apparently. Feinbaum, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 A Feinbaum caller. Yeah, we've we've hit oh, that point oh, boy. Uh, in the Jim discourse. I I also things are going well. So I'm not going to lock this up, but the implied score here is 38 to 14. And that feels a little low. The Texas A&M Alabama games kind of get like, they, they give me like a, a 45, 28, you know, they get, and, and I know that Texas A&M's offense is so bad, but this is the man who put together a game plan to get Zach Calzada moving the ball against Alabama's defense. So, my lean here is to the over just because I think that Alabama is without a doubt going to get north of 40 and that looking at the way this game played out last year, maybe Jimbo empties the clip and, and, and figures out a way to be able to get a couple scores. So I, I would lean over, but no, no official lock for me on that one. Got a thought? 23 and a half is the last number I would play. If, if there's 23 and a half on the board, I'm, here at Lopez's house, uh, doing some you know, hurricane relief down here. So I uh, missed show yesterday, but I, I don't have my, all my screens up. If we can get 23 and a half, I'll pull the trigger on Bama. Because if, yep, I if, get Bri- like, if, if Bryce doesn't play, like if Bryce doesn't play, I think it's kind of a coin flip. If Bryce plays, I think the number's short, right? I'm a little bit worried about the look ahead to Tennessee next week. So I don't think you're going to be scoring a ton of points late, I guess. But I do think that A&M has... Uh, I think AM has a lot more injuries than people are focusing on, right? Everybody's focusing on Jimbo's offense. Everybody's focusing on Bryce. AM's very banged up in the secondary, too. Like, once those guys went down, Mississippi State did whatever the hell they wanted every drive. So we got Danny and Bud on Alabama again. That is 8 p.m. Eastern time, the back end of an SEC on CBS doubleheader. You can watch it on CBS or stream on Paramount+. Plus. Coming up on the other side, we open the board. Anything is fair game. The rest of our week six locks next. That's right. And as, as I, uh, what are you doing, Chip? I was, I, I've got to get this cord plugged in for the money line sprinkles. Oh, Normally, yeah. that mid roll is about like 30 seconds. And I figure you're like this. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> During somebody's pick, I'll, I'll take care of it. Okay, uh, entire board is open. Where would um, I guess? I guess is the uh, the leader in the clubhouse right now, up eight point three units. It's fallen to me. Just drop that in there. Yeah, listen, I I'm just trying to follow the rules of uh, the program. <laughs> I am going to. Turn our listen. Let's just go ahead and get this locked in. Uh, go ahead and, and get this uh, off the card and on the board. The number has not caught up to the Duke Blue Devils yet. I told you last week that Duke over Virginia was going to be a play. There was never a, a doubt. This is a good football team. I also think that while Georgia Tech was able to get the win against Pitt, you dive into the way that that game played out on a down-to-down basis. Pitt was better. They just were sloppy, gave up a few turnovers. And look, Brent Key did a good job of getting that team motivated so that they could cash in on those turnovers. But I do not by any means think that Georgia Tech has now rebounded in some way. Do not think Georgia Tech is a good football team. I do believe Duke is a good football team. And one last piece of motivation for the Blue Devils is that this is the game last season where everything broke for the David Cutcliffe era. This is the game where the my eyes, I'm, I'm not going to like say, this is just my opinion, this is when the team sort of 
lost its mojo because uh, they played really poorly down the stretch, bad mistakes, bad execution. Georgia Tech stole a win. And from there, a Duke team that had beaten Northwestern, had beaten Kansas, they just kind of lost it. And I think that for those same veterans who have bought in on Mike Elko and who have really helped lead this uh, strong start to the season, I think that they are going to look at Georgia Tech with a we're not going to lose to these guys again type mentality. So I, I will take Duke and I will lay those points. All right, board's open. Who wants to take it? I'll take one. Go, Danny. I'll take one. Uh, Would you guys rather watch Clemson, BC, or Florida State, NC State in primetime on ABC? Florida State, NC State. Am I a fan of one of the teams? (laughs) No. I think regardless, like clearly we want to watch Florida State, but that's what you're getting. Uh, ACC Network, primetime. But it's... Yeah, but? But the issue is, like, Clemson has a four or a five in front of their name right now, and diehards will watch whatever. Yeah. You need, like, if you're a network exec, you need the casuals, right? Yeah. Like, wh- why does Bama get put on primetime even when they're playing a, a Patsy? Because yeah. you don't need both, you don't need both teams to get a rating. You need one team that people will tune in and say, hey, let's watch Bama. All right. You know? Well, I want to, I want to get a pick in on the Florida State traveling to Raleigh to take on NC State. I'm two and two on the year, and I picked Florida State this year. Uh, had one total that I lost. Uh, la- I lost last week, but I won against LSU and won the BC against the spread. Um, go ahead and give me the Knolls while it's over a field goal at three and a half. Um, they are very sloppy last week. I think it was eleven penalties for ninety-eight yards or something like that. Penalty yardage. Jared Verse, I think, is a baller for going out there and toughing his way through that Wake Forest. Very much a question mark where he was going to play. I still don't think Lovett's back. I don't know what's going on with him, bud. You might have some more. But NC State, that Devin Leary is struggling somewhat at the quarterback position. He has not played as well as he did last year. And I thought Wake Forest, that's where I was wrong last week. That slow mesh they run really presented some problems, and it was really frustrating to watch how much success they had against it. I don't think um, NC State has as much success offensively. Give me the Knowles. I think Jordan Travis is still playing to an elite level. He was probably had one of his worst games that I've seen this year, and he still had three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, so give me the Knowles here on the road, getting three and a half. Fight, fight, at three. fight, fight, fight. Oh, they're all over the place. I'm actually undefeated on Knowles games this year. Wait, are you on, wait, are you on Florida State? No, I'm fighting him. Yeah, me too. Saying, yeah, we've got a yeah. bar fight. Okay. Bar yeah. fight. Yeah. All right, bar fight. All right, bud, you go first. So, you know, my, my concern here is really along the offensive line. Uh, Wake Forest tore up FSU's offensive line in, in a way that is concerning to me. Now, they might get Robert Scott back. We'll see. You know, it's obvious he did practice this week, but we'll see how good he looks. He did not look like he was close to playing at a good level in warm-ups last week. Uh, as Danny said, like they're not going to get Lovett back. I think it's pretty obvious if, if the guy is still crutches in a boot the week before. I think Verse will be back. You know, we'll see how they do at linebacker. And I don't hate the matchup for FSU. I just this line implies basically it's a night game at NC State. Let's give them what two and a half for home field. We we, we think on a neutral neutral site this game would be NC State by a half. I think it's more like NC State by two two and a half due to the lines of scrimmage. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, and lay it. Lay the three here with uh, with the Wolfpack. 
I'll throw this little nugget on there. Uh, shout out to my guy Goodson. Uh, he he sends along. It's weird, but one of Doran's best qualities is getting his better teams off the mat after a nut punch loss. And sometimes when their biggest goal has been snatched away in the last two years, four and one straight up, five and zero against the spread following a loss in 2021. They were three and zero straight up, three and zero against the spread. Um, the let it's like that goes against any popular notion that there's going to be a hangover or some big letdown here. In fact, what we've seen from the Wolfpack and Dave Doran so, says that he can get them refocused and remotivated. So I, I like that. And, uh, and I think that NC state's going to be able to have a strong response here. You know, I was going to take Florida state as a money line sprinkle, but I can't just sit idly by you two bullies. That's right. So- on Danny. Danny, I'm coming to help you. We got a lock war. Give me Florida State plus three and a half. One, two, three, four. I, I declare, declare a lock war. war. First one of the year, right? Yeah, first like, first yeah. lock war of the season. I mean, I was I was going to take the money line on the Knolls, but I, I I just don't trust NC State offensively. I don't think they're very good. I think that Florida State, while it has flaws, is much more explosive on offense, and I think that could be problematic for the Wolfpack. And if Florida State puts together a couple big plays and takes the lead, I don't trust the Wolfpack to be able to kind of come back and win this game. So yeah, Florida State plus three and a half, especially if I'm getting that hook. Yeah, so we win this. That game next week hosting Clemson at night is for the division, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, mm, I guess mm, every mm. game against Clemson is kind of for the division, technically. Listen, Mike Monaco, Tim Hasselback, and Chip Kelsey muted, Riggs, we are so going to be riding with me, you on Saturday yet. night. Catch me. Yeah, we are. Yeah, catch, <laughs> catch me throwing that second screen on channel 388, baby. We're, we're going to the premium cable on the second screen. Um, yeah, that's uh, lo- love to see it. Everybody invested in that one. All right. So far, we've got Tom is on Houston plus two and a half, Utah minus three and a half, Kansas plus seven, FSU plus three and a half. I am on the over 69 in Kansas TCU, the team total under nine and a half for Auburn, Duke minus three and a half, NC State minus three. Danny's got uh, Tennessee minus two and a half, the Auburn team total under nine and a half, Alabama minus 23 and a half, Florida State plus three and a half. Bud's got LSU team total under 31 and a half, UCLA plus three and a half, Alabama minus 23 and a half, NC State minus three, BYU team total under 23 and a half. Danny, why don't we, uh, what you got? All right. Um, I did get some love yesterday for defending Oklahoma State a little bit. I'll go ahead and uh, take a pick here. I don't know if there's going to be a fight or not, but Texas Tech is traveling to Stillwater in their fifth matchup versus a top 25 team. Oklahoma State with Mike Gundy is 10-1-1 against the spread versus Big 12 teams in its last 12. I think they're fresh. I think they're getting better. Give me the Cowboys. Give me the Pokes laying nine and a half at home against Joey McGuire's squad. Laying nine, even better. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not doing it. I would only only do it to spite all of the Oklahoma State fans who've been so angry. (laughs) And listen, the spite pick against a fan base is a principle, but I'm I think that I just need to to stay away. I need to keep the good vibes. I'm gonna 
Mister, clear this one, Danny. Good luck. What are you going to jump in on it? No. So who who are they mad at? They're mad at you. Yeah, because oh, they're mad at you too. Because we were talking about on Monday's show about how they're the most fraudulent top ten team. So (laughs) even though the quote was, "If you had to pick a team in the top ten that's quote unquote fraudulent." Mm-hmm. Now that Kentucky's gone, also Tom's favorite fan base, yes, then it would be Oklahoma State. So it's like it, it's like when they uh well, they moved a whole lot of context from quotes and then just threw it out there the red meat out there and got people pissed off at everybody. But yeah. Uh, so exactly like what we said. They're basically Minnesota, Kentucky at this point, fan base was. Right. <laughs> Except like Oklahoma State's been legitimately a quality team. I just that's I think we can all like them a lot. Me. Yeah, they're a good football team. You I guys be convinced they're actually a top ten quality team. Oh, you guys should hear what they say off air. They hate you guys. <laughs> well, you also do a show with 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 a with an Oklahoma guy, right? That's right. So, I mean, Ho- Homer Danny here, but Boomer Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's funny. It's like I've got I, uh, I I like Oklahoma State. I just don't think they're a great team. I think they're a good team. That's what I think they are. Listen. Um, we've been telling you a lot about Peloton and and we just want to make sure that we remind you again that Peloton is not just about bikes and treadmills. It's about a team of instructors that's ready to motivate you 24 seven. It is that time of year where you're starting to get worn down. Maybe those great goals that you had have have started to get shaken by uh, the way that the fall is starting to unfold. Maybe you need to get refocused. Maybe you need to change your schedule. But the great thing about Peloton is there are literally thousands of classes with all kinds of focuses, strength training, yoga, running, boxing. It is the perfect non-judgmental space to experiment with new types of movement at a level and a pace that feels good for you. And it's great if your schedule is getting hectic and crazy because it doesn't matter whether you have five minutes or an hour. If you're an early riser or a fan of that evening burn, there's always a Peloton class that fits into your day. Maybe you're looking for that 10-minute upper body stretch between calls, or maybe it's a 30-minute run before bed. Peloton is where you'll find what works for you on your schedule, wherever you happen to be, at home, at the gym, or even outdoors. Danny and Tom, passionate Peloton users and supporters. Uh, What's been standing out? What have you been vibing with so far with Peloton? I mean, can't you tell my physique? I'm getting my six-pack back. My guy Daniel on the workout strength classes that I can do with my app when I'm on the road. In fact, I just did one last week. I was in New York City, went down, had some weights, put my guy Daniel on. Somebody else was like, what is that? What is that app? I'm like, oh, this is Peloton. They're like, you don't need a back? I'm like, no. I'm like, all you need is the app on your phone if you don't have the bike. I got the bike in the garage, which I might go get one before I do travel just to get into the class with my girl, Kendall. It is phenomenal. My wife's telling me all the time, you look great i'm like yeah "Yeah, you can use it too (laughs) i would never say that by the way (laughs) no it's funny because when we moved you know i I recently moved and the one thing i did when we were packing is it the movers were genuinely laughing at me because i had my peloton wrapped in bubble wrap so much bubble wrap because it was truly the most important thing that i cared about you know is along with my obviously my podcast equipment and my televisions, but the Peloton was right there with the most bubble wrap on it you've ever seen just to make sure it was okay and made the move and no, no scratches, no dings, no nothing. Got it set up here. Just 
still loving it. And I really needed it because the last few weeks I wasn't able to get on it as much as I needed to. And getting back on, whoo, it's, it's incredible how quickly you can get out of shape when you're off for about a week, but we're working our way back and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's motivation that moves you anytime, anywhere. Try the Peloton bike or tread risk-free for 30 days. Risk-free. Learn more. Go to onepeloton.com. That is one O-N-E, Peloton, P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. New members apply. New members only. Terms apply. Again, that is onepeloton.com. One spelled out O-N-E, onepeloton.com. New members only. Terms apply. So, Tom, you've got like no bubble wrap around like your china, right? You're just throwing saucers as the, the frisbees, and then all the bubble wrap is around the Peloton and the podcast equipment. Yeah, we ran out of bubble wrap, and Lynn's like, Where's the bubble wrap? And I'm just like, Uh, Oops. I don't know. I'll order <laughs> one. Um, all right, let's see. Danny, do you want to you drop another one? How many more do you have? Sure. Uh, I got a few, but I can drop them in there if I don't get them. Um, I saw Bud had a play on this game too, so I'll take it uh, to Gainesville. With Missouri coming to town, um, Florida's a what's the number at 11 and a half, 12 point favorite in this one? Is that what you guys have uh, right now? 11, 11, 10 and a half, 11 and a half. It's all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I do see yeah. that. Uh, noon game in Gainesville. Um, you know, a lot of the conversation around the Georgia Missouri game was what's wrong with Georgia. Quietly, Eli Drinkwitz has got his team playing a little bit better. Uh, especially defensively. Uh, Brady Cook's doing a new, nice job at the quarterback position, but I don't know if I'm at the place to trust Florida yet. And after coming off a rough loss uh, to Tennessee, they could bounce back in the Eastern Washington game. Now they're back into SEC play. I think the number's just too big. So give me Missouri and the points in this one. Get you 11 and a half. Perfect. I'm going to go a little bit different direction here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take under 55 and a half in Florida, Missouri. This is moving by the way. So go snag that. Cause I think this is going to crash. Um, I just think Missouri's quarterback play is pretty bad. Like I'm not trying to, to rag on the kid, but I, I don't see a reason why Florida needs to push tempo here. Uh, I think Missouri will try to run the football after the success that they had against Georgia. And maybe they'll have some success. I, I don't trust Missouri in the red zone to score. And I think Florida should be able to have some success against Missouri's defense, which I think is actually decent, right? I mean, the only game they really got got it put on them uh, was the Kansas State game in which they gave Kansas State the ball four times in Missouri territory. So I, I like the under here in kind of an ugly, sleepy noon matchup. Okay. I don't, I don't trust anything about that game. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Hard pass here. I'll save up my eyeballs for, uh, for for NC State, Florida State, and the SEC on CBS doubleheader. Um, right. Let's go with, the, in the words of the great Hakeem Dermish, the trend is your friend. How about Stanford getting off to bad starts? Oregon State's a pretty good team, right? We like Oregon's offensive line. We think Oregon can move the ball a little bit. Well, how about Stanford has been outscored 83-24 to 24 in the first halves of the last three games. I'll say that one more time. Last three games, Stanford outscored 83-24 to 24 in the first half. They sometimes, uh, because they do have a good quarterback, they've been able to put on some points late. They've been able to make some of these final margins look a little bit better. But the Cardinal have started flat. It has been a trend. And I think that when we've got Oregon State under a touchdown in the first half, I think I got a minus four. 
out there. Oregon State minus four in the first half. I'm going to go ahead and jump on that, and I will take the Beavs uh, minus the short number for the first half, expecting that Stanford is not going to all of a sudden uh, be able to come out. You know, whether it's motivation, whether it's preparation, I, I can only... I can only see what the numbers are telling me here is that Stanford is not starting strong. And with Oregon State being one of the better teams in, in the conference, at least top half, uh, I feel comfortable backing them here in the spot. Chip, Chip is a beaver believer. I am. That's right. Beaver fever. I, I'm a beaver believer with beaver fever. Let's go. Uh, what about Tom? Uh, okay, let's go with me. I will take – do I even have an under on the board yet? Do I, do I, do I? No. No, I don't have an under on the board. What am I doing? Uh, I'm taking the under 41 and a half in Virginia Tech Pit. This game is going to suck. It is going to be terrible. You are not going to want to watch it. Virginia Tech was only able to score 10 points against North Carolina last week, which is one of the friendliest defenses in the country that has just loved allowing teams to score. The Hokies could only put up 10 on them. I think Pitt, you know, Pat Narduzzi is fundamentally opposed to scoring points. He's so much happier now that his team is no longer scoring 35 to 40 points per game and winning. He would rather score 17 to 23 and lose to Georgia Tech. So give me the Virginia Tech Pitt under 41 and a half. So I've got to play on that game as well, but I'm just going a little bit more specific. Give me Virginia Tech team total under 14 and a half. That's a good number. Yeah. Uh, lock agreement with Chip on that. Yeah. How many games? Oh, wrong oh. button. We went into lock war. I actually didn't. I mean, I, I hate what I've seen from Pitt just in general because I feel like it is not a good idea to just abandon one half of the football like in terms of just belief system. But that game was super rainy. They moved the ball much better than Georgia Tech did in the game. They had three turnovers. A couple of them were returned either for scores or not for scores, but like pretty deep into pit territory. There, there were big returns, you know, 40 and 50 yard returns. I I don't really think that Virginia Tech can move the football effectively on pit. And I would bet pit, but Pitt has like a lot of offensive line questions right now, so I'm really not sure what that lineup will will look like. I'll be watching that one pretty carefully in the pregame. Getting in on that Virginia Tech team total, a little lock agreement right there. Uh, okay, let's see. Do we want to just spray the board with the rest of Danny? Danny had to dip. Do we want to go ahead and get his out and see if anybody else got a play on it? Sure. Just yeah. fill up the card. All right, he's got Michigan minus 22 and a half against Indiana. Anybody getting a play on that one? I agree with it. Yeah. I'm locking it up. Are you taking it? Uh, no, I want to take first half, though. Oh, Michigan first half play? Yeah, I, I want Michigan minus 13 or 13 and a half. What, what's the best I can get out there on that? There's a 13. All right, give me Michigan 13. Okay. They, they, have, uh, they have Penn State on deck, right? So I'd rather just play oh. the first half in case they pull some guys and you know Indiana keeps chucking it. God, love that. That 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 is an, an angle and a principle that that speaks to my vibey heart when we're just looking at the schedule and trying to like already get ahead of what the coaches are going to be thinking. I like that a lot. Uh, he also is going to be taking Mississippi State minus nine and a half against Arkansas. I have a play on that game. Same one. No, okay. I am taking the under in that game. Under fifty nine, I believe, is the best I can get. It. Yeah. So yeah, I just. I don't think he's going to be that high scoring. Like I, I know that Arkansas's secondary is not great, and that's not a great matchup against Mississippi State. But I also think 
like the way that Arkansas defends kind of matches up well with what Mississippi State's doing in its passing attack. So I think they can at least kind of slow things down and force them to put together longer drives and, you know, then play red zone roulette. And I think that they can win a couple of those spins there. So I'm going to take the under 59. This has been a rough go of it for Arkansas. Is it like you start to wonder, like not maybe a little bit body blow, but I mean, they've they've played some tough games sort of all in a series in a row. You wonder how much they got left in the tank. And when I saw this line, that's kind of what I thought looked too big. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to trust the Razorbacks given sort of where they are from a health and overall, you know, team fatigue type area. Uh, Wisconsin Northwestern under 44 and a half. No argument from me on the on the debut uh, of the Jim Leonard era being a game where Wisconsin's defense is going to dominate. Not a lock. Again, Danny also throwing on the Wisconsin Northwestern under 44 and a half. All right, I've just got a couple left. Uh, Tom, how are you doing? I've got quite a few left. All right, well, then you, you steer the ship. All right, uh, going to stick with a principle we've been working with here on this show for the last few weeks, and it's paid off well for us, so why change things up now? Give me Louisville minus three against Virginia. I know Louisville has been kind of sketchy, and it's hot cedar fields for Scott Satterfield, but Virginia is just a team that I'm enjoying fading too much right now because their offensive line is terrible. The offense isn't able to do anything, and defensively, they're not bad, but they're not good. So, oh, actually, there's a two and a half. So give me Louisville minus two and a half. Okay, so when you cap this, did you cap it as Cunningham playing and, and making it two and a half or Cunningham not playing? And like, you just I, don't care. I think that's baked in quite a bit. Uh, by the way, we've got a point of clarification. The The chat's telling us that 14 and a half doesn't exist. And if it does, you've got to lay minus 190. Uh, I will take an adjustment. That, I, that was written down on my notes from earlier in the week. I will take an adjustment for the locks pod on whatever the most fair and appropriate uh, team total we're going to be able to get on that is for Virginia Tech, uh, again, against Pittsburgh. I'm guessing it'll be 13 and a half, but let me just double check. Yeah, 13 and a half. If it's minus 190, figure 45 cents for each. Yep, 13 and a half. That's Both fine. On it. Okay. I'll take that too. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you, get you people. Yeah, we don't want spot. minus 190s. Like, right. you know, obviously, we, yeah, we're not trying to. 14 is a key number. Sure. That'd be great. But <laughs> that, and we're even talking about them scoring touchdowns. I mean, come on. This is, you ain't scoring touchdowns for, uh, in this economy with this offense. No. I don't know inflation. It's a bitch. They might well, listen. I, I saw that Virginia Tech offense give so much confidence to North Carolina's defense. I, I think that going up against a defense that I respect on a far a higher level, I, f- I feel pretty good about where that's going to be. So, yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and, and we'll plug in the uh, the 13 and a half here on the locks pod. I got another one I want to get in because it's starting to move. <laughs> OK, let's go. Uh, Maryland minus three at home against Purdue. I rewatched the Purdue Minnesota game from last week. We talked about it a little bit on Saturday night and we didn't I didn't have time to watch before Monday's show, but I did on Tuesday. Like that was a very misleading final score. Minnesota got into Purdue territory six times. It uh threw three interceptions, it missed a field goal, it got a field goal and it got a touchdown. So Minnesota beat itself far more than Purdue beat it last week and Minnesota was also without Mo Ibrahim and that certainly impacted them offensively Purdue did not look all that 
special to me. And Minnesota has a very good defense. I think Minnesota's defense is better than Maryland's, but I don't think Maryland's defense is that bad anymore. And I think offensively, this is an offense that's going to be able to move the ball against the Purdue defense that numbers-wise has been good. But with my eyes... Ah, it's it's fine. So I like the Terps at home. I think they are the better team. And as I've said, I think they are the fourth best team in the Big Ten East right now. I think they could prove to be the third best team in the Big Ten East by the time the season ends. So give me the Terps minus three. I've waffled on. I don't have a lock on this one, but I was almost looking at this as money line alt line because if Purdue drags Maryland into the muck, then I think that Purdue can win. But I also think that if Maryland does not get drug into the muck, they win this game by double digits. So like I would almost do Purdue money line or Maryland alt line. But uh, no, no hate there because I do think Maryland is definitely the uh, the better team right there. Bud, you, how many you have left? I got a couple. Um, let's let's go ahead and fire. Hey Chip, play that music. Oh yeah. Let's go. It's time for sicko mode. Let's go. I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. All right. I'm going to go to the state of Texas. And I actually forgot what city Texas State is in, so I'm not quite sure. Oh, I thought you were going to make Oklahoma, Texas your sicko mode play. Oh no, that would be that would be fantastic. I should do that. I'm gonna go super sicko here. I'm San going to Marcos, take San Marcos. There we go. All right, I'm gonna go down to San Marcos and I'm going to lay ten and a half points in the first half with an app state team that is off a of bye. Texas State maybe a little banged up. They were pretty easily handled last week by James Madison for the full game. Uh, I watched that game. I had a little something on it. And uh, James Madison, if not for screwing around in the red zone, would have covered the full game number by the end of the first half. Uh, and Texas State was non-competitive. That is potentially a situation that I'm going to look to bet against every single week just because, I mean, that that could be the end of the road there for Spavital. Uh, and so I, I think App State off the of bye comes out, looks good, has a 14-pointer greater lead going into halftime. Do we have it? <laughs> Let's go to sicko mode. Texas and Oklahoma, bunch of unranked off the radar teams. What in the world? I mean, like, listen, I, I, I joke, but we probably should talk about this game. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma, uh, Texas is a seven point favorite over under of 65. Texas, Oklahoma preview how to watch, how to watch, preview what channel, how to stream Texas, Oklahoma. So what do we do? What do we do with this game? I'm not betting anything, but my gut says to take Oklahoma in the points because I just feel like Texas being favored by a touchdown in this game based on how everything has gone between these two teams over the last however many years. It's like, okay, you want to give me a touchdown with Oklahoma, but I don't, from trying to read between the tea leaves, I don't think Dylan Gabriel is going to be playing. Uh, Texas, I have questions about you know who their quarterback is going to be for this game. There's just way too many wild cards of this. So honestly, I would take Oklahoma, and if I'm looking at the total, I would lean under. But I am I am staying far far away from this one. There are any six and a half left? Ooh, I don't know. Are you going to no, get more? I can see. I'll I'll pass on it for show. I I think Quinn Ewers comes back. 
And I, I yeah, if six and a half shows again, I'll be on that. So let me ask you guys this question. And yeah, I, guys, 10 and a half, 11 and a half, as far as the first half line is sort of irrelevant unless you think it's going to land 14 three, right? So, or I guess 20 to six, but that's really unlikely as far as first half scoring. Answering chat's question as far as the Texas State, uh, App State line. Oklahoma's defense has looked pretty bad the last two weeks. Billy Bowman got hurt on that opening kickoff. I, I feel like Texas is a better team than Oklahoma is right now. And if you're looking at a vulnerable defense that has given up explosives, do you know who is, does a really nice job at creating explosives? Steve Sarkeesian. Like, he's fairly good at that in my experience. So I'll uh, I'll probably wait to see if a six and a half shows. If not, I'll bet the seven uh, you know, closer to game time. But I do think Ewers plays. And I, oh, here's what I wanted to ask you before I got off track with the chat. Given all the Tua stuff, do you think that colleges are going to be more reluctant to play guys? And I'm thinking, if it if it is concussion, Cunningham, Jefferson, uh, if that is what that is, which I don't know, Gabriel, which obviously looked like you know potentially protocol type stuff. Do you think that they're going to be more? Do you hesitant to rush these guys back? No. I I, I, I don't think they're connected. I don't think What do you think, Tom? Am I am I coming through? Yeah. Okay. Uh sorry, I think the internet was kind of spacing out there. No. I, I'm not I, I lean no. I'm not as confident as you seem to be on it, Chip, so I don't know. It's I definitely can't. Uh oh! I think we lost chat. Or I think we lost. I think lost, I think, uh, the, I think big football pressed the button on Tom. They're not <laughs> yeah. as they're not as concerned about my opinion because they know that my opinions aren't taken as seriously. But yeah, I so I think that those two worlds are too disconnected, and that you know the the way that they've been treated have been on a program by program basis already. I mean we've we've seen plenty of uh, we've seen plenty of college football players come back. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. I, I think that we'll see about the same. I don't. I don't know if the two of stuff will have that much of an influence on it. Um. All right. Now you look good. Sorry. Sorry, I looked terrible before. Jeez. Thanks, Chip. Good to see you too. All right. I'm. I'm going to go ahead and take us to uh, a team that that Tom that Tom likes. Maybe maybe I'll even get him to uh, to come join me. Who knows? Maybe he'll fight me. But I will take Willie Fritz to Lane laying a short number with ECU in town because pirates are strong, but have they ever been able to come over mother nature? <laughs> the outer banks are filled with shipwrecks from big waves taking down pirates. No, 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 no. I kid, I kid. So here's uh, the thought here. Number one, Tulane just like might be a good football team. Like Tulane's having a, a little bit of a cycle up year as we've seen so far. And, we saw this ECU defense uh, lose to Navy. And we've talked about it a lot here earlier throughout the cover three season that 
while the two-lane offense under Willie Fritz is not a traditional triple option, it does test a defense's ability to be disciplined with some option-like tendencies, with some wrinkles that are going to create that moment where you freeze and you might not know where the ball is. Now, Tulane's had a lot of injuries and was able to overcome them, obviously, to go on and beat Houston. But I think that with uh, where Tulane is sort of surging right now, with ECU already getting beat by Navy early in the season, we might have a defense that is a little bit susceptible to some of those same eye discipline issues. So I will take Tulane and lay the short number in kind of a big game, not at the very top of the American Athletic Conference, but certainly teams that are hoping to be in the top tier for the American Athletic Conference. I don't know what the status is going to be for uh, Pratt. I don't know what the status is going to be for the quarterback but I do like the system and I like the uh, schematic sort of matchup that we have with Tulane's offense against ECU's defense. So give me the green wave. Might have more on this game later. Oh, pirates might have more on this game later. Listen, I'm telling you, you could come to the outer banks. I'll show you the shipwrecks. Pirates can conquer governments and they can't conquer mother nature. Waves have caused problems for uh, pirates for uh, years. Yeah. Well, that's because they're on the sea chip, but they still kept being pirates for some reason. So I guess they could overcome some of those waves. Anyways, uh, I've got, how many do you guys have left? I've got four. Oh, I'm, I think I'm tapped out. All right, Tom. I think I have like one or two. All right. Uh, I forgot to mention this one earlier because we got stuck talking about how Oklahoma State fans talk about or hate us right now. So, But I'm in that game. I'm not on Oklahoma State. I'm not on Texas Tech. I am on the under 69 and a half. I just think that that total is too high. I don't think either one of these offenses is that good or deserves to have a total that high. Uh, next, I'll do another under quickie here. Illinois, Iowa. Tom, it's... Uh, it's 65 and a half. When did it drop? Texas. Oh, then I, never mind. I don't want that. Get out of here. All the value has gone. So I'll take a different under. Uh, Illinois, Iowa, under 36 and a half. Uh, uh, principle? <laughs> principle. I just don't think there's going to be a whole lot of points scored in this one. You've got a very, very good Illinois defense, a very, very good Iowa defense, an awful Iowa offense, an Illinois offense that is certainly better than Iowa's, but it hasn't exactly been tremendous itself. So first uh, 17 wins. So give me the under 36 and a half. I about something in that one, actually. Um, I, I don't have enough confidence to, to pull the trigger on it. What was it? Here, uh, it, was, it was taken Iowa. <gasps> you son of a I, I don't hate Spencer Petras quite as much against man coverage, and Illinois runs a ton of man coverage. So I'm kind of wondering if they might be okay there. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, Tom, I, I'm sorry, man. I I must have misheard you. Uh, you're six down and a half. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, not Oklahoma, Texas. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Hey, that that is on the board, man. Oh, okay. Well, that is back on the board. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> 169 and a half. Woo! Chip line yeah. value wanted the worst number. That's how confident Tom is in his grind. <laughs> I'll take it at four points lower. Let's go. Nice. Um, I already took Michigan, right? Yeah, first half. Yep. Cool. Uh, here's one for you. I I want to take Cincinnati first half. 16 and a half, I think is what it is. Uh, I don't know if anybody has those up right now. 
maybe the chat will, will let me know. I think Cincinnati first half is worth a look here. Uh, USF is pretty banged up, and I, I think Cincinnati will want to get the pass game going a little bit better. I love Isaiah on USF's backup left tackle in this game, and USF is kind of the king of the back door, so I don't want the full game as much here, but I do think Cincinnati will come out and throw the football a little bit better than it did against Tulsa, so give me 16 and a half. It's Cincinnati laying it first half. Yeah, you can get it on uh, DraftKings at 16 and a half still, so. Sweet. Or, I mean, another sports book that's not the we're supposed to talk about. All right, Tom. Uh, all right. I've got this one is, you know, Utah State made the change at quarterback last week. They went with Lega over Logan Bonner, and the offense looked so much better in that game. And I don't think the market has quite caught on to that yet. So I'm looking at this Air Force Utah State total at 54 and a half. I think that's a little too low. So I am going to go over 54 and a half in Falcons and Aggies. I think that that should probably be closer to 58, 59-ish. Dig it. Okay, I'm back in the game. One more. All right. Uh, North Carolina, Miami, under 66. You're taking I, an under to North Carolina game. Yeah. I, I took under 68 when this opened. I, 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 I like where Chip's head's at here. Yeah, I I think the Miami's defense is the better part of its uh, team. Uh, offensively, it is suffering from uh, Mario Cristobal syndrome, and I am not going to ascribe this like great improvement to North Carolina's defense based on Virginia Tech alone. But I could see that one of the ways that uh, Miami's going to try to win this game—a huge game, by the way—like. It's going to be trying to keep the ball out of Drake May's hands for as much as possible, limit the North Carolina possessions, anything that they can do to to be able to put themselves in that position. And then finally, you know, I talk about the Mario Cristobal side of this. There's the Mac Brown side too. These are these are two kind of conservative coaches when it comes to tight games, when it comes to big games. So um, give me the under 66. Yeah, it. I understand James in the chat. It's going to be a scary few hours. It is. It is. I, there's there's the potential that the scores could come quickly. I did watch 62 points be scored in one quarter of a North Carolina game, but uh, I think that under is going to be the right play here. Might be a little sweaty, but I think it'll cash. Right. Miami is also getting uh, Stevenson and Porter back, apparently, in the secondary, which is big. Yep. I've got... They're not getting George and Restrepo back at receiver. Right, which means... Which all helps the under. Our defense is yep. getting better, and the offense is not. Miami's going to score 50. Uh, I've got one play left. It is a numbers play. The wrong team is favored in Ruston, Louisiana this week. Give me UTEP plus three. UTEP's got it moving again. You're not going to hear me fight back on that one. I'm I'm with you. Like, I don't, three? Yeah, I don't think they're great, but I, I don't think Louisiana Tech's very good at all. Are you going to fight it? No. Okay. <laughs> Do, it. Do it, you coward. All right, now now I am cashed out. I am cashed out as far as plays, yes. All right. Bud, are you done? Uh, yeah, I have I have more money lines this week than normal. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll and let's take it 
to the big old cash register. Uh, all money line sprinkles so far. Uh, Chip is six and nine on money line sprinkles, currently up four point two two. Oh, that's not the leader. Danny seven and nine, up five point seven one units. Chip six and nine, up four point two two units. Uh, Bud six and twelve, up point three units. And Tom five and twelve, down one point five units. Uh, last week we did see Illinois cash. We saw Kansas cash. Uh, Auburn came up short. TCU cash. Purdue cashed. Uh, let's see what else. Tulane cashed. Uh, took some L's along the way. Danny's money line sprinkles are South Carolina plus two hundred five. UCLA plus one forty. Georgia Tech plus one forty six. Iowa State plus one ten. Um, let's see, Bud. What are your sprinkles? Uh, so I have a couple. By the way, uh, ATS and sprinkles combined, we are up ten units as a show. So hopefully, I just didn't mush the, the the sprinkles as well. But not not bad for uh, a show that doesn't cost anything, y'all. Except we would like you to like and subscribe. Thanks for getting us to twenty thousand, big time. There, we want twenty five with a quickness. Shout out producer Coca, doing a great job for us there on on the back end. I have a couple sprinkles this week. So what's the best number I can get on Houston? One, I can find you 120. Uh, yeah, there's a 120. All right, I'll take 120 on Houston. I think that's uh, I think that's fair. Uh, I will also take a 145 on Colorado State. I don't know. I don't know what to think of this game. Honestly, Colorado State is getting some offensive linemen back, which could help them not give up like 11 sacks to Middle Tennessee State, for instance. And if they're a little bit better, I don't know that I trust Nevada to to go and get that one. Uh, I'm not going to take that one. Give me North Carolina mm. plus 150, I think. Uh, yeah. I Better quarterback. Probably better in-game coach. Could see it. Ah, 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 yeah, that's what I said, probably. Wash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, are, are we are we going to talk about this one? Like it's been out there. What? Give me Spencer Rattler plus two fifteen to go into Kentucky and get the win. I got I mean, that. If, yeah, yeah, I got that earlier this week when it was still South Carolina. I think I got it at eleven and a half, and now it's down to what six and a half. Uh, so those two, and I have, I think two remaining. Sorry to, sorry to do it, Tom. Give me Iowa plus 148. Cowardly. I, I like Illinois. I've bet Illinois with him a couple times this year. I just, I think there's some chance that that, I, that Iowa defense makes Illinois offense struggle a bit. Illinois by 40. It's a close one. <laughs> All right. And then for my final one. Yeah. I, I'll take some UTEP plus 130. Mm. All right. Okay. What is the best number that I can get Arizona at? <laughs> oh, 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 my gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, let me find that real quick for you. Arizona. Where are uh, 410. Yeah. We've got Road Bow heading to Tucson. Number 12, Oregon at Arizona. The Ducks are 13-point favorites. 
Arizona <laughs> wow. might might be able to deal uh a little bit of a, a painful shot. All right, this one's a really, really short one. I, I'm really stretching. I, I hope it's still plus value. Is Iowa State at least at like a plus 110? Yeah. Okay. Iowa State, I think it's going to win against Kansas State. So that's a little bit of a shorty. So that now I'm going to tack it off. This is a this is a, a shorty Iowa State sandwich. Um, the On the other side of my Arizona uh, and on the other side of my Iowa State, come for me. Give me Texas Tech. On the money line. <laughs> I through the roof. Give me Texas Tech. <laughs> um, all right. And Tom, what are, what are your money line sprinkles? Um, I am also going with North Carolina plus 150. I am taking Georgia Southern plus 125. And as I alluded to earlier in the show, I am taking East Carolina plus 140 against Tulane. Pirates conquering waves. That's what they do, Chip. It is literally their job. It's not their only job. Oh, the plunder is their fun and excitement. Conquering the wave is their job. When you're on the sea, the wave is your first priority, Chip. You, You would know that if you were a seaman like I am. Listen, I know how to come about. I know how to jibe. I know how to point up and I know how to fall off. You give me a 15 foot sailboat. I can lead you out to flip in the middle of the noose river. (laughs) All right. Two. Yeah. Yeah. One more. We do have one. What? We need to go to the, we need to go to the dentist. I forgot to read it off, but he has been, he's been hot this year. He, uh, for all your detailed old Miss analysis. He has another pick in the old Miss game, which is interesting because this was Barton's dentist, right? So uh, we will see here. Hate week. We have another. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we have another great opportunity for old Miss this week. The number is 62. Is it still 62? Yes. On the total. All right. And old Miss has not had a game go over 62 in its last 13 games. And I think this spot sets up well for another under. Old Miss coming off an emotional big game that they probably should have lost and now step down in competition before going through the SEC West gauntlet they have on deck. There are several injuries, and this center injury was a real problem versus Kentucky, with snaps being low and throwing timing off over and over again. I think the Ole Miss defense will keep Vandy from putting up more than 17 points, and I think Ole Miss will have success running the football. Vanderbilt defense is struggling, but I think Ole Miss will try to keep this game short and simple and move on with a win. I kind of like Ole Miss 17-2, but not as much as the under because I fear the back door with that many points and lower scoring and heavy run game. Give me under 62, tooth emoji, lock emoji. I thought about going Vanderbilt team total over just on some, but Ole Miss's defense is good. That was that was going to be just saddling up with uh, my favorite part of Vanderbilt because because uh, because our friend Laura said that this was going to be the one game that she was going to go to. <laughs> like, well, that's right. Yeah, and so you know, if 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 that was gonna be the one game where like she was asking Barton, she was like, "Well, can you can you at least make sure that the, the game is competitive when Ole Miss is in town?" So I was I was gonna give the the shout out to Laura, um, you know, Vanderbilt team total over, but um, I'll, I'll stay away from it. That is an under, by the way, on the lock from the dentist. To review, 
Tom is on Houston plus two and a half, Utah minus three and a half, Kansas plus seven, Florida State plus three and a half, Virginia Tech pit under 41 and a half, Arkansas, Mississippi State under 59 and a half, Louisville minus two and a half, Maryland minus three, Illinois, Iowa under 36 and a half, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech under 69 and a half, Air Force, Utah State over 54 and a half, UTEP plus three. I am on Kansas, TCU over 69, Auburn team total under nine and a half. Duke minus three and a half, NC State minus three, Oregon State first half minus four, Virginia Tech team total under 13 and a half, Tulane minus three, and the under 66 in North Carolina, Miami. Danny's got Tennessee minus two and a half, Auburn team total under nine and a half, Alabama minus 23 and a half, Florida State plus three and a half, Oklahoma State minus nine, Missouri plus 11 and a half, Michigan plus minus 22 and a half, Mississippi State minus nine and a half, Wisconsin Northwestern under 44 and a half, Bud is on. LSU team total under 31 and a half, UCLA plus three and a half, Alabama minus 23 and a half, NC State minus three, the BYU team total under 23 and a half, Virginia Tech team total under 13 and a half, uh, Missouri, Florida under 55 and a half, Michigan first half minus 13, App State first half minus 10 and a half, Cincinnati first half minus 16 and a half. Our lone lock fight is between Tom and Bud on Utah, UCLA. We have a lock war. Uh, Florida State plus three and a half is Tom and Danny. NC State minus three is Chip and Bud. Lock agreements. Auburn team total under nine and a half. Alabama minus 23 and a half. And the Virginia Tech team total under 13 and a half. (laughs) Woo! We got it. We did it, boys. 87 minutes of lock goodness. (laughs) Thanks to all of you uh, for hanging around all the way. Chat's been popping all throughout. Uh, Thank you so much, all of our subscribers. Yes, we are so so pleased we were able to get it to 20,000. If you listen to this show on the regular, if you watch it on the regular, please go and subscribe. Uh, When we start to hit our next benchmark, we'll do something a little special for everybody in the Cover 3 family. A lot more uh, special things to come here in the future. And you can follow him on Twitter at BudElliott3. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.